Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host. And the Business Creators Radio Show is for you if you're in one of four categories. Entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners, marketing and business coaches, folks who help others build their businesses, such as web designers, virtual assistants, marketing and business coaches, social media managers, publicity managers, and the like, and do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses. If you're one or more of the above, please be sure to explore our episodes and discover how our experts can help you win in business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message to help more business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing. Now, today's episode is one I've been looking forward to for a long time. I'm especially honored to have as our guest today somebody who's been a great friend of mine, a great client of mine, and somebody who's been very inspirational to me in terms of growing my own business and becoming a marketer myself, Ross Jeffries. And today's episode is all about winning with and without words. Gain invincible influence through persuasion. So we have Ross Jeffries on the line. How are you doing today? Adam, I've been waiting to get on your show, and I want to say we've been working together now. How many? We're going into our seventh year of working together. So uh, right? we're getting we're getting we're getting pretty close. Our official first date was April first, two thousand seven. I remember <laughs> it clearly. Well, uh, I'm glad you remember the anniversary. I just want to say to anyone listening, I sort of do want to say it and don't want to say it. On the one hand, I want to give you proper credit props, as the younger people would say, because I could not run my <laughs> business without you. you are, I'm serious about this. You are far and away the most important element of my business. On the other hand, Thank I you. don't want to say it, because I don't want you <laughs> to take on more clients. It would take, I'm sure it would take time away from what you do with me, and if I could con you into it, uh, here I am, the persuasion master, admitting a limitation that there sometimes are, I would convince you to fire all your other clients, Adam. <laughs> Only work with me. Well, there is there is a number for that. Uh, it's a pretty big number, but there is a number for that. And uh, as long as I got to keep doing the radio show, that would sound like fun to me. Let's put it that way. All right. Well, well, it's never going to happen, but. <laughs> All right. All right. So for those of our listeners, uh, we have a ton of material to cover today. Uh, Ross has promised us all kinds of examples and all kinds of great information you can take and implement right now in your business and your marketing. So for those of you who may not have heard of Ross Jeffries or may not quite know who he is and what he does, let me just tell you a little about him real quickly. Uh, World-renowned persuasion and renegade influence master Ross Jeffries has used his background in neurolinguistic programming, known as NLP, to create and co-create several brands, including Speed Marketing, Speed Life, and Speed Seduction. He's appeared or been featured on many major media outlets, including BBC, CNN, Rolling Stone, Playboy, Neil Strauss, The Game, The Huffington Post, and many other major media outlets. Through executive private coaching, he worked with entrepreneurs and sales and marketing professionals to help them master the art of persuasion to increase their sales, get more clients, and grow their businesses. His groundbreaking mind frame persuasion system has helped thousands achieve success in corporate presentations, courtroom arguments, public speaking, face-to-face -face selling, and writing money-sucking hypnotic copy. 
Now, beginning in the winter and spring of 2014, Ross Jeffries is going to be hosting a series of persuasion seminars and live training programs to help even more business creators achieve the success they truly desire and deserve. And we're going to talk a little bit about those a little bit later in the interview. But uh, before we dive in here, Ross, you know, let's take a quick step. I gave you a little bit of an introduction here, but just give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your background and what's brought you to the point where you are today as a world-renowned persuasion and renegade influence master. <laughs> the introduction. I hope I can live up to it. Well, as, uh, your audience listens carefully and finds himself in a place where you can open your mind to what I'm saying with uh, a willingness to hear and learn. What I want to say is, first of all, I, I've been working with men for the past 25 years and helping them, first, uh, number one, break through the limiting beliefs they have about how attractive they can be to women. And then second, using techniques from neurolinguistic programming and traditional hypnosis, to use their language in a way that creates emotional states, states of excitement, et cetera, et cetera, to become more attractive to women and have more choice and power. So over the course of doing that and my own training in NLP and hypnosis and some other disciplines, I've really truly learned the power of language and how language in many ways is inherently hypnotic. The ability to use language to influence a person's mind on an unconscious level to experience a certain train of thought to activate the processes that are already there inside people to be eager to buy or to be compliant. But what I also learned in the course, I learned something very interesting. I've been doing seminars since 92, and my experience was and has been uh, up until this point that oftentimes students would go, get great results, and never come back, or they get great results, they would come back and want to learn even more. But then I would see the same faces over and over and over, and they had all my material memorized, but they could never do it. And I realized that they were looking at my material through a frame of I can't do it, or skepticism, or failure. They had a lot of what I call emotional momentum and cognitive inertia when it comes to the limiting feelings or limiting beliefs. And I realized that if you're really going to influence people, first you have to set the frame of mind through which they're going to receive your entire message. If they receive your message through a state of mind or a frame of mind of distraction, so many people have ADD, Adam. We're pushed too hard doing a million things. We have media overload or what I call MAD marketing attention deficit disorder. We've been so bombarded by messages uh, that we just don't pay attention, we shut off, or we maybe have 15 seconds of attention. Here's an example. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but I remember television where you cut the commercial, and commercials would be at least a minute long, if not longer. But yep. now, I remember we're watching a video, it says uh, you can skip this ad in five seconds, or the ads yeah. they force you to watch are 15 seconds at the most. So people have attention deficit disorder in general. They have marketing attention deficit disorder. And two more things that are, uh, have occurred that any marketer out there, indeed anyone who's running a business where you depend on your client to make a decision to buy, have to be aware of. There's two more, and they're, and they're crucial. The first one is that decisions that used to make sense no longer do. And what, here's an example. Uh, back, my accountant said, 
you should make another contribution to your IRA. You have time before April 15th. Go make one. So I went into my trusty bank, Washington, uh, Washington Mutual, which no longer exists. It was one of the big banks that failed. And I said to the financial officer, I would like to make a, a, an investment for my IRA. He said, what level of risk do you want? I said, the most conservative possible. He said, I got a portfolio that's from a company called AIG. For those of you who don't know in the audience, AIG was a company that had a massive failure. They were bailed out to the tune of hundreds of uh, billions of dollars. And I said, what's AIG? He said, don't worry. They have assets you won't believe. And, of course, it turned out I shouldn't have believed them. Uh, not only did this major institution fail, but Washington Mutual failed. Overnight one weekend, they were bought up by Chase. So now the institutions, you remember it used to say, hey, don't worry, it's like money in the bank. Now yeah. even our major banks have failed. Uh, the real estate bubble, remember that? Everyone would say buy a home, it's the best investment. That crashed. Many people uh, lost their homes or are still upside down on them. So here's my point. Institutions we used to be able to rely on, now there's absolute skepticism, and that spills over into every decision. Second, decisions that used to make sense no longer do, which leads to the third thing. People honestly, honestly don't trust their own ability to make a good decision. So you've got three more elements that make it even more difficult if you're doing anything that requires people to part with their money. And you may say, well, I'm not asking for people to buy real estate or any of that. But I'm saying if people have a home that's been in foreclosure or they've watch the bank go under, that skepticism is there in the background, and you have to be aware of that. Right. Does that make Absolutely. Sense? Now, that, make, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, we talk about all the time in my business how the entire frame through which somebody views what they're doing changes the moment they're, like, let's say they're on the website, and they read the sales copy, and they make the decision they're going to buy. So they click on that buy button, and then they're taken to the secure order form. And the next thing you know, this whole new conversation enters into their mind, because now they've taken their credit card out of their wallet or out of their purse, and they're looking at this, and they're thinking, okay, can I really afford this much more on my balance? Uh, when I place this order, there are really people who are going to help. What happens if I place this order, and then I don't get what I ordered? What happens if it's defective? Am I going to have a problem? Are they going to put me in some continuity program that I didn't agree to? There's so many things that play into this, and this, this is just run-of-the-mill stuff based on some of the things that you described. So just imagine what's going through that person's mind. I mean, there's so much to this, and this is why we're so glad we have you here today. Now, here in the Business Creators Radio Show, you know, as, as our listeners know, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me they have everything except time and money. And this is a question we ask all of our guests. Uh, do you see this as an issue for your clients and customers in the realm of persuasion? Well, I don't have enough time to do everything that I want to do, as you know, being my operations manager and my consultant right. working with me. I think the problem is that people are still trying to use old techniques of sales and persuasion, and so they have to invest a lot more time to be a lot less effective. If, you're, if you know what you're doing in terms of getting people to take action and pretty massive action and paying you a lot, then I think you're, it's not so much about 
spending a little time or a lot of time, it's what that time generates. And if you know how to be persuasive, that time is going to generate uh, a lot of reward for your effort. But let me, let me back up and make a point. You talked about it's time for people to check out and they've got their credit card out. For many people, parting with money is a pain point. It's just now we've got some pain here. So you've got to do enough prior to that to not only convince them that your offer is going to be great, they can imagine using it already, but to convince them that you're an authority so they're looking at your message through a frame of, yes, this is a trusted authority leading me on a discovery. It's a very active reading your copy or watching your video or listening to your recorded message in and of itself is a valuable activity. So I'm reflecting it back and saying, well, true, entrepreneurs don't have a lot of time, but neither does the person who's reading your letter or listening to your message or watching your video. video. So you better damn well make sure that you frame it so that the very act of watching your video or listening to your talk is in and of itself a valuable activity. And then inside of that, you embed the sales message that buying your product, service, or whatever is valuable. Does that make sense? So I want to reflect it back and say, sure, maybe you as an entrepreneur don't have a lot of time, but let's look back and shove it in the other direction and say, the person you want to influence doesn't have much time or much attention span. So you better make the very, you better be able to frame the meaning of their listening or watching or reading. The meaning of that act is that they're getting real value just by listening or reading or watching what to say of taking action and giving you money. Does that make sense? And there are certain ways to do that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And with the proliferation of the Internet and the information superhighway and just what the mass media and social media have done to us, attention spans have decreased dramatically. Yes. It's billed as the information superhighway, but really it's the attention overload and noise generation highway. If it's an information superhighway, it sure has a lot of turnoffs that lead to nowhere and a hell of a lot of potholes on the road because it's not really – if it were that, then we wouldn't have so big a problem. But now it's become just another way to distract people and create ADD. How many people have you seen at a restaurant sitting at the table and sort of talking to each other? They have their faces buried in their devices. We've become an overstimulated – society. And when people are overstimulated, they have two possible responses. They either seek more stimulation or they just shut down. They just can't handle it. Their mind shut down and they go numb. Either way, you're facing a real problem. And you're facing that same problem as an entrepreneur. You're constantly being distracted. So this is one reason why I meditate every single day, no matter how I'm feeling. And I teach meditation to all of my clients, whether they're private business clients, seduction clients, people who want me to do consulting, I insist that they take up something of the meditation practice, a simple one, or they will not have the focus and the equanimity to do what they need to do. They'll either burn out, bum out, or freak out. Those, are, I think, are the three real challenges. Even if you have the exact game plan to follow and you've got all the right members of the team, you're still facing burnout where you just can't, you don't want to do it, bum out where, oh, why is anything worthwhile? I'm just, I don't, I've forgotten my purpose of doing this. Or freak out 
where you just lose it emotionally or, or you wind up doing harm to yourself or your team members. This is why I think if you want to be successful, you better develop some focus and some equanimity. So one of the reasons why I twist arms and do anything I can to get my clients and students to take up some kind of meditation practice. That's, very, that's a very interesting point. I wasn't even thinking in terms of meditation, but yeah, we're talking about the inner game versus the outer game. We talk about that in speed seduction. We talk about in marketing and talk about a very similar thing in marketing as well. So you know what, big, Ross, I'm going to lay it on the line here. Oh, so go ahead. A big and you notice I don't always answer the questions you ask. You know that on your clients, so you know that working with me. I've, I've, I've known that for six and a half years, yes. <laughs> It's important for people to get that the way they relate and entrepreneurs, it's important for them to get that the way they relate to their own focus and their own ability to, to hold attention and then their own ability to let go of all of it so they can create perspective. I like to talk about creating spaciousness and consciousness so you can look at your filters, at your beliefs, rather than looking through them. That's a real breakthrough for people. I think entrepreneurs really need that. You can get so sucked into the daily grind and the motivation of making money that you forget what your real mission, what your real purpose, what your real cause is. And if you don't know those things, I don't care how well organized you are and what you execute, it's going to kill something in your spirit. And sooner or later, you're going to sabotage it or you're going to sabotage yourself in some way. Wow, that's some pretty important stuff for us to think about here. here. The inner game for the entrepreneur. Uh, we have to work on this, <laughs> you and I. This is why I love yeah. you, Adam. I mean, I shouldn't say so strong a term, but I do. I'm like the creative fountain, and you go, okay, here's how we organize that into something that you can either give away a, a bonus or as a program. You really truly are, uh, uh, if I'm the right hand playing the piano piece, you're the left hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that. I really, I really appreciate that. So, you know, you know what? Uh, we do have to move on here a little bit because I know there's so much more that we still want to share with our listeners today, and I have people on the edge of their seats. So okay. I'm going to lay it on the line here, Ross. There, I read a lot of sales copy. I mean, people are constantly sending me their websites and sending me their emails, and they want me to read this stuff. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Most of it doesn't really impress me. Now, when I think about this, I remember I've heard you discuss these things you call persuasion killers that block your prospect, reader, or audience from doing what you want them to do. So what would you say are some of these persuasion killers, and how can we avoid them? Well, the ones that are within your control, obviously some of them are not, the marketing ADD and the general overstimulation. But I think one of these is what I spoke about, is convincing people that the very act of reading your copy or listening to your message or watching your video in and of itself is a valuable activity. And, all, and also the meaning that people put on who you are and what's going on. Let me delve into that a little deeper. Humans are meaning-making creatures. We're constantly looking at patterns and trying to find out what they mean. This is part of how we survive. It's part of how language works. And so if someone looks at the sales letter and goes, oh, this person is trying to sell me something, they, then they're going to look at the rest of the letter through a filter of skepticism, and they may or may not buy. If it's great copying, you have a great offer, great. But what I want to do is within the first paragraph establish, first of all, that it's not a sale, it's a learning, and second, that I'm a trusted authority 
uh, who's taking them on a discovery and that they should listen to me and they're sort of like in a childlike state of, oh, wow, really? I want to find out more. Just like when you tell a kid, if you say to a kid, how do, how do you start any story that you're going to um, tell a kid? Usually once upon a time or a long time ago, George Lucas, a great storyteller, how did he start the whole Star Wars thing? A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Now, the unconscious mind recognizes structure. The minute you put something into the structure of the story, the unconscious mind sort of goes, oh, relax, left critical brain, open up your right childlike brain. So if I say, if I say the amazing sales and persuasion technique of a skinny, ugly, six-foot geek from Culver City, California, that will flood your bank account with cash and cut the time you have to work by a factor of 10, guaranteed. Okay, that will get your attention. It's offering a benefit. But in the first paragraph, I'll say, uh, I'll say something like, as you're about to read along, before I share the reason why this discovery is important to you and in a way that you, can all, that you may not be able to imagine yet, I just want to say that it's my honor to be presenting something that can really change your life. So let me take you by the hand and tell you exactly why this message is important. When you state those things, it's sort of portraying it like, oh, 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 okay, this is the discovery and this is someone I can trust. When you say something like share, take you by the hand, you don't share something with someone who's a cold prospect. Sharing is something that implies there's a relationship already there. So a word like share is what I call an implied relationship verb. And in the very act of reading it implies that there's a trusted relationship there. Or I'll say something like, before I get into the really exciting parts of this discovery, promise me that you'll recognize it's only a portion of what you'll really be getting when you buy this product. <laughs> See how that's loaded with presuppositions and it creates a meaning frame where, oh, wow, this is a discovery and someone I trust is sharing it with me. Boom. And then they read the rest of the message through that meaning frame. People are always going to create meaning. So either you assist them in creating the meaning and the frame you want or their default to the one they're used to. End of story. Now, this is what most modern copywriting is missing. Sure, you still have to have a great headline, a compelling offer, guarantee, bonuses, testimonials, and make it easy for people to buy. That's all true. But I think nowadays, for the reasons I spoke about at the beginning of the call, it's really not enough. Right, right. And, and, there, and I don't want to too many people in the trance with all that. <laughs> no, not, not at all. But I can tell you, this is probably one of the easiest interviews we ever do on Business Creators Radio Show because you just have such a wealth of information. For those of you who are listening today, whether you're listening on the live show or you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, please take note of this. Have your pen and paper on. Be prepared to go back and listen to this one again because as Ross speaks, he gives you languaging techniques. He gives you word for word. He shows you how it's done in your copy. Now, what I'd like to do, yeah, yeah, what I'd like to do here is I'd like to um, sort of, you know, transition this to Adam, something else. That's, go ahead. One thing. Adam, this has become yeah, right so here. much a part of how I, this has become so much a part of how I communicate. 
I can't not use it. I'm always using what I teach as I teach it because it's not only is it effective, it's so much fun. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So what I'd like to move on to here is um, this is a really big issue for our listeners, and I know we've discovered this through surveys and we've discovered this just through some of the feedback we get ongoing. Uh, a key issue we deal with when it comes to copywriting and persuasion with words is how to overcome resistance in our prospective clients and customers. So you have somebody on the telephone, you have somebody face-to-face, you have somebody reading the web page, and you alluded to this just a moment ago, there's sort of a resistance, sort of a reluctance to take action. So what can we do with language to help your listener or your reader overcome their own resistance? Excellent question, and it contains a presupposition. The presupposition is you're presenting it in a way where they're going to resist. Resistance implies that the meaning they're attaching uh, if there's resistance, number one, you haven't created a frame where they see you as someone trusted and where they want to believe what you're saying. Second, you haven't made what you have to offer clear. And, and third, you know, I don't want to have to overcome resistance. I want to sort of inoculate them beforehand so the resistance doesn't arise and or go after it, meaning I like to pseudo-orient my listeners or my readers in time to say, you know, as you think about and begin to imagine all the benefits that this is going to bring to you, I'm not sure what those will be. But won't it be great as you imagine the time in the future, already enjoying that and looking back on today as having been the start of that. So I'm doing so many things there to to – get them to imagine enjoying having the product. And then not only am I moving them into the future by saying that, I'm now having them being in the future and looking back at the present moment of buying as having been something that's already happened and they can move back and see all the benefits that have arisen. It's, it's pretty complex, but once I diagram it out about how people move around in time anyway, what I'm actually doing is I'm getting them not only to imagine already having bought, but then I'm having them go six months into the future, in, having enjoyed the benefits for six months, and standing from that point, looking back through those six months of success at today is the moment of their enjoying it. What I'm doing is not only linking current, uh, current success with buying, I'm linking future success, lots of it, and having them look at the moment of buying through that filter of lots and lots of success, not only now, but in the future. So it involves a technique we call in hypnosis and NLP, pseudo-orientation in time. Okay. Great. 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 Good. I know I'm overloading people. I, this is a problem <laughs> in, in my business, and you know this, Adam, that I offer too much. It's so much on overload that one of my challenges is well, how do I create something that's a basic version, a, an advanced version, and then an immersion version? Because there's just so much here, and I, I'm, I have difficulty not using everything I know when I teach because I love it so much. I'm in love with my work and what I do. If you can fall in love with your work, that's you're absolutely right. And your passion really does come through. And you and I sometimes have that same problem. In my own business, I have a tendency to – just give away so much and it's impossible sometimes for me to give just a simple answer. And what I 
want our listeners to catch as you continue to listen to this interview for the next half hour here is just notice how, again, Ross uses the techniques as he speaks and notice how this is not something that you, you know, put in a folder then you pull out whenever you need to write copy or whenever you need to speak with somebody. To effectively persuade, it needs to become part of who you are and what you do and how you do these things. Now, a big part of say, growing our businesses – go ahead. I would say – I would modify what you said. You said as you can to listen to this interview. I would say as you continue to listen excitedly to this interview in a way where you begin to hang on every word for your own reasons, I'm not sure just how that's going to really get you even more interested in what I have to say. But as that's happening, I want to encourage you to really find your own reasons to see the value in what you're continuing to learn with me today. <laughs> so uh, I would layer more in there, but go ahead. I'm so sorry to interrupt. And some of your listeners are going to go, wow, that Jeffrey, he's being really rude to Adam, stepping on <laughs> him, talking over him. Could you, could you address that possible response, Adam? The possible response of you talking over me, is that what you mean? Some of the listeners are going to go, God, Ross is really rude. He keeps talking over Adam and interrupting him. I, I don't think anybody's going to really see a big deal over that. And people who speak with me on the telephone all the time know that sometimes I get so excited about things, I just jump in right in the middle of a conversation. I think it just comes from the passion you have and when you see opportunities to help that you just can't resist yourself. Like when I made that remark and then you had to jump in there with some opportunities to make the language even more powerful, what you were doing in – demonstrating that way is actually teaching our listeners. So I think in the long run, it's a more valuable experience for our listeners. So for those of you who are listening, whether you're, you're live or you're listening to the podcast, this is the point where you want to rewind about two minutes and listen again because he just showed you an incredible technique for how you can take what you think is great language and make it even better just by applying persuasion techniques. Now, much a better. big part of – go ahead. I'm just saying much better. There's a lot I layered in there. Right, right. Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to attempt to ask the next question now. So here we go. A big part of growing our businesses is establishing ourselves as thought leaders in the minds of our prospects and customers. And in my world, we talk about this as being a thought leader, establishing thought leadership, becoming a media darling, whatever. Now, how can persuasion help us become perceived as thought leaders in the minds of our prospects and customers? Again, you set it up so at the very beginning, they view you as, uh, they view the act of listening to you as being a very valuable discovery, a journey that you're leading them on. And that you also use presuppositions. At, for example, if I start, I would say, before I get started today, I just want to say, and now I'm going to quote myself, I'm not sure exactly which part of my presentations presentation will excite you the most, but as you find that happening for reasons of your own, I just want to let you know that it's really important that you ask questions at the proper time because I think that's a good way for a person to convince himself that there really is something quite valuable happening here. So please promise me you'll do that. Okay, everybody? <laughs> now, what I've done is use a lot of techniques to get them to accept the idea that they're going to be looking at the entire presentation through 
And the meaning of that excitement is that they're having valuable learning, and then they're going to do the behavior of asking questions so that when they ask the questions, it triggers another loop of unconsciously of they're going, oh, that's right, this is very valuable because I am asking questions. So you set it up in the mind of the listener, reader, viewer, etc., right from the very beginning that they're through su- using suggestions and implication and what I call false professions of ignorance, that they're going, they're setting the filter through which they're going to receive the message that they're going to be excited and continue to listen with even <coughs> nothing to sneeze at. Nothing. <laughs> even more excited. That's, you got to do that first. Instead of the right. traditional, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell it to them, and then summarize what you've told them. You know, it just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work as an effect. First, get them in the frame of mind where they are going to continually, continually feel even more excitement and more openness to what you have to say. That's more important. Do that first before you tell them what you're going to tell them. Sure, sure. Now, tell me, do you see a difference between persuasion in written form versus verbal, say, like on the phone or in person? Well, there's certain things that you can do verbally and in person or through electronic media that involves spoken, uh, spoken word that you can't exactly do in writing, but you can still use all, basically all the techniques in writing. What you can't use are things like tonal inflection, uh, varying, showing emotion in the voice, but you can still convey that through writing. So I would say they're about 80% overlap of the techniques. You can still use this in writing in, in quite effective ways. Okay. All right. Now here's a curveball for you. So far, we've spoken mostly of written and verbal persuasion. Now, how can we persuade people non-verbally? Oh, well, this gets into something that's difficult to demonstrate or explain only through words. Right. But you can influence people non-verbally through uh, what I call spatial anchoring. And this is a difficult concept to convey through simply listening to someone. You really have to see it. But, for example, when you talk about uh, a subject and you want to talk about it where your audience is going to feel a sense of deep fascination, then you can mark that out by standing at a certain place on the stage. And then if you want to say something that you don't want your audience to believe, let's say you're going to bring up someone else's argument, then you always stand in another spot in the stage. You anchor that part of the stage to feelings of skepticism, doubt, blah, 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 blah. Do you understand? So then when it comes time to answer any objections or negativity that does come up, you stand on that part of the stage. Uh, so you're, they're now attaching negative feelings and skepticism to their own skepticism. It's very difficult to explain this. I, through words, I really people really have to watch me do it. Another thing you can do is set anchors. So every time you talk about a certain subject that evokes a certain feeling, you can make a certain gesture or a certain facial expression, and then they'll then begin to link that emotion to that gesture or that, that 
facial expression. This is something that's not easy to explain through, excuse me, through simply verbal means. Uh, you really have to see it. Right. I do have an analogy, though, that just popped in my mind while you were explaining that. If you think about when you go to a comedy club and you see a comedian perform and you have one person and they're acting out both sides of the dialogue, where sometimes they'll move, just maybe they'll take a step or two to the left to do the dialogue from one person in the conversation, and then they'll take a step or two to the right when they flip back to being the other person in the conversation. So is that would that be... I mean, perhaps simplistically, but would that be a basic way of describing what you mean by uh, spatial anchoring? <laughs> Excuse me. Kind of, sort of, yeah. Okay. It's the best explanation that can be given in this particular medium. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, I'm right here with you. Good man. Okay. Okay, so this is really incredible stuff, and for our listeners, again, you, you must listen to this again and again and again because you're being given specific techniques you can use. And what I noticed here in answering that question, you sort of answered the next question in a way, but I'm going to ask it anyway to see if we're missing anything. Because uh, we have a lot of listeners who are public speakers and marketers who work in very tightly competitive markets. I mean, if you're in a search engine optimization, there are 20 other SEO firms competing for your customers. If you're a social media manager, pretty much everybody says they're a social media manager anymore if they're anywhere in the world of Internet marketing is how it feels. So no matter what you're doing in terms of being a business creator, you're probably working in a pretty tightly competitive market. So. How can somebody use persuasion techniques to really stand out from the crowd and be seen as the person that somebody needs to follow, hire, listen to, what have you? I think there's a couple of things to say about that. This may not, uh, some people just may not feel sufficiently comfortable to find themselves doing it in this way. But I think you have to have a unique spin or, you, or you, a unique angle or something that really a title, a way of labeling yourself, a branding that conveys the benefit immediately of working with you and also the uniqueness of working with you. You and I have okay. discussed this. I'm, you know, I'm creating a brand called Persuasion Mastery Systems. So right there, we're, we're doing something really interesting. We're saying persuasion, you're going to get mastery of it, and it is a system. People like systems. Systems mean uh, it's organized, and once you get the system in place, it sort of works for you. So that's a title that, that gets attention and at the same time conveys a benefit. So I would say you have to be very – you can't just say um, Joe's SEO, mar SEO Marketing Company or Joe's SEO Inc. There has to be – something in there that conveys the benefit. And also, if you're willing to do it, you create a character, a brand, a sort of culture for the business. I created this Ross, you know, Ross Jeffries is not even my real name. I created that character to be loud and obnoxious. And I modeled him after Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, is, uh, some of your listeners may not remember him, but he was always bragging, I am the greatest. You are bum. I will shock the world. He will go down in eight, uh, or else it will be too late. Uh, if you bet on 
Sonny, you're going to lose your money. So <laughs> I created this very obnoxious character who likes to rhyme and he brags that he's the best. And he says obnoxious things, knowing that I would offend some people, but I would attract a hell of a lot of people's attention. Muhammad Ali got his model from a wrestler, Gorgeous George. He said, Gorgeous George, people would boo him and throw popcorn at him. But Ali, as a 16-year-old kid, noticed, hey, a lot of people are paying tickets just to be mad at them, buying tickets. He's making a lot of money People by bragging. People want to come and see him get beat down. Hmm, this is a good idea. So for some people, you may want to create a character. Uh, obviously, for some people, that doesn't apply. Uh, speed seduction conveys something that you're going to seduce and you can do it fast. Yeah. If I, had, uh, if I had it to do all over again, I would say uh, fast seduction system. I would add in the word system. I don't know if uh, that's a that's a sufficient answer. And then also, you have to stand out in how you communicate, meaning you have to, again, set that frame that you're a trusted authority, that the meaning of their listening or reading or watching your message is that they're getting valuable information and that it's a valuable activity in and of itself. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And when you're talking about this idea of creating a character in the marketing space, we see a lot of folks who have the cartoon renderings of themselves. They take on a certain persona when they film their videos, something along those lines. That's sort of what you're referring to. See, I've known for years that your real name isn't actually Ross Jeffries. I know that your real name is something different. Uh, and I also understood that Ross Jeffries is sort of a character that you use in a certain way that allows you to market a certain way. And that's something that you know, our listeners should think about. Not necessarily that you need to change your name or come up with a, uh, a nom de plume or something like that, but think about that when you are promoting your business and when you're marketing your business, you're looking to persuade others that there's a certain persona that you take in their mind. And how can you influence that to persuade? So i got to tell you, Raj, this is really amazing, incredible stuff you're sharing today. This is really great. I think if you're capable of it, not everyone is. Being something of a showman is important. I'm a showman. Uh, I like yes. to uh, maybe I'm a shaman. Maybe I'm a sham. <laughs> uh, uh, I, think part, I think I'm part shaman and part showman. That, that uh, you have to be entertaining. You don't have to be, but it's helpful to be a showman. Again, Muhammad Ali was not only arguably the greatest boxer of all time, he by far, it, it undisputed, was the most entertaining because he was such a great showman. Not everyone has the personality for that. Now, if you're uh, Angelino or from Southern California and you're old enough, you remember Cal Worthington. Cal Worthington, he died recently. It was a shame. I, uh, I was sad when Cal died. I remember as a kid, he sold cars, Worthington Ford, and he would always have, hi, I'm Cal Worthington, this is my dog spot, and he'd have an elephant <laughs> or a panther or a tiger. It would never actually be a dog. And he said, I'll stand on my head to make a better deal. And he would literally stand on his head, and he had a theme song, and he'd model and he'd make Go See Cal. Now, you don't have to go over the top like that, and some people shouldn't do it at all. But to throw in a little showmanship, is Gary Halbert, who's an incredible influence on me, said, writing good sales copy, it's showmanship in print. 
And I have to agree with that. You have to be something of a showman if you can. Not everyone can be. Right. And maybe it's not the idea of being an out there showman. Uh, over here in, or rather over there, back when I used to live in Pennsylvania, uh, there is a very well-known personal injury attorney. He's brilliant and has been internationally recognized and written up in marketing journals for his marketing techniques. His name is Edgar Snyder. Uh, pretty much everybody who's listening in the Pennsylvania, West Virginia area, or even others who live in that part of the world may have heard of Edgar Snyder. And for decades, I mean, ever since I was a kid, so we're now talking almost 30 years, you see him on TV all the time, and he's running all these ads about personal injury. And at the very end of the ad, you'll see him, he'll be looking right at the camera, and he'll do this thing. Again, this is one of those things where it's difficult to explain in words. You have to see it, but just but there's a hundred videos of this on YouTube. Just look it up, Edgar Snyder. And, uh, and he'll take his hand, and he'll point to you as he says, and there's no fee unless we get money for you. It's the way he says it, the way he moves his hand, and he points at you as he says it. And sometimes, you know, you get in conversations about Edgar Snyder, and people start saying, and there's no fee unless we get money for you. The thing is, it's subtle, but everybody recognizes it, and everybody knows what you're talking about. So how that translates into business is, you know, personal injury attorneys are the type of professional that you probably don't really need unless you get hurt. And... I myself have never needed a personal injury attorney, thank goodness, although there was one case about seven years ago where I thought I might need one. And when I was consulting, uh, looking for an attorney, the very first call I made was to Edgar Snyder's office because there's no fee unless we get money for you. So sometimes it's a simple thing. You don't necessarily have to be a showman or a shaman or whatever it is, but uh, just think about that. So, Ross, i got to tell you, this is amazing stuff. Now, you mentioned the top I, of the hour I that I'm just I, I want to I want a transcript of this because there's some useful stuff in here that I'm spouting off. <laughs> can I get a transcript of this? Oh, sure. We can absolutely have a transcript of this done for you. No problem whatsoever. I've been thinking in my mind that it's probably very important. We should probably transcribe this episode as well because I think there's just so many valuable pieces of information for folks out there. So we'll have that transcribed absolutely for our listeners. I don't do this for every episode, but I think there's so many things that are specific and actionable in this particular episode that I'll be certainly happy to do that. So I got to say, again, this is really amazing stuff you're sharing with us. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, near the top of the hour, and, you know, many of our listeners know you as the founder of Speed Seduction, and you have the very famous guarantee, you don't get laid, I don't get paid. And you also mentioned that you're planning sort of, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I don't. I can't believe you have the balls to bring that up. Yes, that's true. You don't get laid. Yes. I don't get paid. You must sleep with at least three smoking hot women within 90 days or I'll refund every penny. You know what? I wasn't going to do this, but let's talk about this for a minute, actually, because there are some <laughs> well, folks who say, my, go to your – I'm sorry, go ahead. I used to say that my idea of a uh, money, 100% satisfaction money-back guarantee, if I'm not – 100% satisfied with your money, I'll send it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me, forgive my, forgive the Jewish listeners, but I'm Jewish, so I can say this. That's a Jewish money back guarantee. <laughs> oh man, oh that that's just wrong. I'm, that's just I'm, wrong. I'm in the tribe. I'm in the tribe of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am proud to be. 
my Jewish listeners, we're allowed to make that joke amongst each other. Gentiles are not. Right, right. I, I, I understand. Now, there's something I, I wasn't going to bring this up. We do have a few extra minutes here. Um, and I think this is very important for our listeners to hear. Uh, you know, pretty much everybody in my orbit knows that you're one of my top clients. You and I have worked together for a long time. And they're somewhat familiar with the Speed Seduction brand. And then they go to your website for the Speed Seduction brand, which is seduction.com. And they read some of your blog posts and they see some of your sales copy where you say some pretty graphic things in the minds of some. And now it takes a certain level of understanding to know what's really going on. And, you know, and, you know, let's just, you know, face it. Some people say, well, that's really slimy what he tells guys to do, or that's misogynistic or something like that. And you and I both know that's absolutely not the case, but what could you say about how your speed seduction message is a form of persuasion because I see that there's persuasion there. I see that there are, uh, there's niching there because you're going after a specific target audience and you're focusing very specifically on that target audience. So what could you share about that? Because I think it'd be very enlightening for our listeners today just to get a deeper understanding of what's really going on there and why it's such a great marketing technique. This comes entirely from one of my mentors. I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned him, Gary Halbert. H-A-L-B-E-R-T, who passed on. Uh, He died right around the time my mother died, because I remember I was sitting Shiva for my mother and just took an hour away to go to the memorial for Gary. But Gary said a lot of things, but two big things hit me. He said, no one has time to try to figure out your pathetic subtlety. And then another time he said, uh, he was talking about a personal ad he put out to meet women. He said, I wasn't interested I, didn't, I wasn't interested in not offending the dogs. I was only interested in attracting the foxes. So right away, and this also comes from my experience of doing TV talk shows, most of those talk shows were watched by women. So I wanted to, I didn't care whether I offended them. I wanted to offend them in the sense where guys would be shocked enough to go, oh, my God, he's got balls to stand up and say these things. I'm going to go to his website and buy from him. So I, I, one of the things I'm doing with that is deliberately shocking people to get their attention. To, okay. Because people don't understand subtlety. So I'm deliberately shocking them. I want to uh, offend people to the point where those who don't have something of an open mind are going to go away because they're not going to buy from me anyway. And it's enjoyable for me. Now, I don't, you know, you see these TV shows where they say, these, these stunts are dangerous and done by trained professionals. Do not try this at home. I have to put that caveat on there. Not everyone has the belly, I'll say, for this kind of thing. But, but it's been right. very, very fun for me to do that. Maybe it's hurt me in some ways. But my mother or someone, I don't know if it was my mom, someone said if you're not offending at least one person every day, you're not living large enough. <laughs> uh, I have to agree with it. So a big influence, again, was Gary Halbert. Uh, things stuck with me. No one has time to try to figure out your pathetic subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> Gary was a genius. I, I miss him. Gary. I, I just, he loved my coffee and thought I was quite a character. And I, as a, a, he was, uh, there'll never be a genius like Gary again. I know. 
I know. So I appreciate you sharing with that with us because I really wanted to clear that up just a little bit because, I mean, I fully understand speed seduction myself. Uh, you know, not only are you one of my clients, but I've been one of your students and I've studied some of your products and I've received coaching from you as well. And I give you credit for helping me find my, my girlfriend. Uh, I mean, a lot of what we teach in speed seduction, uh, you know, really does go beyond simply getting laid. It's a system you find your success with your women who you truly want to be with. And when you get beyond the shock value of the copy and you find out what it really is, you find out it's a very comprehensive system that's good for everybody involved. You don't get a commission for doing this, dude, but I appreciate it. I, I, I right. have missed each other on many levels. So thank you. I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful for the constant testimonial, real ones. Uh, that none of, by the way, all the testimonials on my site, all of them are 100% true. We, we do edit for grammar and sometimes we shorten and often on the request and with the permission of the student we'll change the names because they don't want their names on it, but they're all right. Right. In fact, a couple of the testimonials are mine, but as you know, I use a different name for that community. So, uh, so I actually challenge our listeners to find which one is mine and then point it out to me. There's a no prize for the first person that does that. So uh, we have just a couple minutes left here. Yeah, I'm sorry? I caught that Marvel's Stanley uh, reference, no prize. <laughs> All right. So we have just a couple minutes left here, and uh, this has been an amazing interview. I want to say it's one of the best interviews we've ever had on Business Creators Radio Show just because of how much you've given our listeners. Now, you've uh, mentioned to us that you're moving, you know, again, more towards the persuasion side of things, and we mentioned at the beginning of the show that you're planning an entire new business around persuasion. So can you give us just a little bit of a preview of what to expect? Well, what to expect is to learn all, all of what I've said in this call. I've just given the briefest summary to be able to, first and foremost, set up the frame of mind through which your listener, reader, viewer is going to view you. What emotional states are they going to experience to give the illusion, if not the reality, of being a trusted authority. And then embedding within your copy presuppositions, hypnotic commands, and that sort of thing. Uh, that's, but also I'm going to start, I'm doing my first talk and workshop for women, January 11th. So we're going to experiment with that business because I think there's a lot that I could teach women. And of course, for personal reasons, I'd rather have an audience of 50 women than 50 men. There's other side benefits <laughs> that you can <laughs> imagine. Right. Right, right. I, I, I get you. I get you totally. So, yeah, that, that's really great. And uh, you and you mentioned that, uh, in fact, you have a, I think that's great, the event you're going to be doing for women. And I know some of our listeners are also curious about this event that you're going to be doing in the persuasion world. So I know that we're still working out, at least as of press time, so to speak, some of the final details, like the exact date and the registration, all that. But just sort of give us a little bit of preview of what that event's going to be about, because I've already had a couple people ask me about it, because they know that I work with you and we're working on this. Here's what it's going to be. First of all, it will be one evening and two full days. We'll probably go into the evening of the second and third, the two full days as well, where I lay out right. the, the real principles of mind frame persuasion, and then I progressively, through structured drills, take you through uh, from simple to more complex ways to use these tools. One of the things I'm going to do is also include four word-for-word -word patterns where uh, even if you don't understand how they operate, 
throw those into your copy, your speech, your videos, whatever. And uh, your percentages, I think, will at least double of closing the deal or getting the contractor or whatever. But it's going to be very structured. And I want to say to anybody who's taking a or hypnotic sales course, they don't really give you, I think, either real-world examples or enough to actually use the stuff. So this is going to be very well structured. I don't know how we can go, if those people are interested, where, who they should uh, email to get on the list when we open it up and announce more. But how would they do that? Okay, it's very simple because I understand we have to create something a little bit evergreen here, and the answer to this question is probably going to change over the next few days as you, know, you finalize the details of the seminar. But uh, what you want to do for anybody who's listening, simply go to businesscreatorsradioshow.com and find the post about this episode. Or actually, just go to the tab on Business Creators Radio Show where it says Meet Our Guest Experts, and all the guest experts are listed in alphabetical order. So just scroll down to just scroll down to the section on Ross Jeffries and then click on his name where it says Ross Jeffries to pull up his full bio. And then you're going to see a little link there that says visit Ross Jeffries' website. And I'll just make sure that that one stays linked to the information about the upcoming persuasion seminar so that those who are listening can get a sense of that. And then as that changes, we'll just keep that updated as well as you continue to grow the business because I know this is something that's a Huge interest to a lot of our listeners. I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now. We're getting some of the best turnout on this episode that I've ever seen. One thing I will say, either if you're listening live or to the uh, podcast, if you're interested in hiring me as your private persuasion consultant so I can show you how to tweak your speech or, uh, you know, web copy or sales letter or face-to-face selling, if you're interested in that, send an email to Ross at seduction.com, subject, persuasion consulting, and I'll get back to you and discuss the possibility of hiring me privately. I'm very busy, and uh, I charge a lot, but I guarantee my work, and you'll get your money's worth. Absolutely. So, again, his email address is ross at seduction.com, and the subject of the email should be persuasion consulting. And if you're looking for, I guess, a home study version of some of these, if you want to listen to this right now, uh, you want to learn more about this right now in the comfort of your own home, I would also suggest, I'm just going to throw this out there because I was at the seminar that you use to create this product. It's called MindFrame Persuasion. So just go to MindFramePersuasion.com and you'll be able to see a recorded home study course that covers some of these concepts in much greater detail. I was in the audience. I happen to know it was great material and I use some of it in my own marketing to this day. It's not exactly the same material as going to be in the Persuasion Seminar, uh, as you've told me, but it's a great resource for folks who want to get their hands on some of this right now. Because it's basically that event I did was not a structured, organized thing where people did drills. It was more like me doing a presentation. The huge difference is I've learned a lot more, and what we'll be doing this time is a structured, organized seminar where people get skills and drills that they can do so they walk out of there with real-world skills they can start using right away, right away. That's the difference. Absolutely. So we are right at the top of the hour here. Um, I know this time has just flown right by, and we're going to get cut off here in about 45 seconds. So unfortunately, we do have to end right now. But we'll have you back in the future for more information on this, because I know people are very excited about it. So again, Ross Jeffries, I want to thank you so much for being on Business Creators Radio Show today. It's been my honor, truly, to assist you, Adam. It's, It's an incredible honor. 
Great. Absolutely. And the feeling is mutual. So again, this is Adam Homey, host of Business Creators Radio Show. Uh, please be sure to check out our upcoming episodes at businesscreatorsradioshow.com and search for us on iTunes as well. So thank you very much and have a great day. Take care.